Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 384 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. Since you have Jason Rugard, he's got a rundown for us. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the recent Netflix release, Murder Mystery 2, the Megan film, which is basically a child's play takeoff, and The Whale, which Trevor thought was the best film of last year, and our thoughts on Clerks 3, the final chapter in Kevin Smith's trilogy. Also looking at the trailers for Reinfeld, About My Father, the Sebastian Maniscalco and Robert De Niro film, and Asteroid City, the latest from Wes Anderson. Got a packed show, but we're going to start it off with a little bit of trivia the little trivia game that Trevor has over there, the machine. What does the trivia, oh, yes. the Zoltan machine, tell us today? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, it says 223. Let's look this bitch up. It's giving us homework already. This is, uh, this is the, yeah, the hardest part is just finding the damn question in the book, you know? So what is it? It's like a handheld device that correlates with a so trivia a book. book. I mean, I've shown people this before. I think there's a YouTube video, actually, for one of our episodes that actually shows a picture of this. It's uh, called Obsessed with Hollywood. It's a book, 2,500 questions, and it has a little electronic device down in, like, the lower right-hand corner. It'll pick a random number, and then you look up that question and the number, and then you put in what your guess is for it, and then uh, it'll tell you if you're right or wrong. All right. It's easy enough. Let's uh, see so where we we're got, at. Uh, we got. Um, the icons is the uh, category here. Okay, I feel confident about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it has a picture of Denzel Washington, so that's good. Um, He's iconic. In the 1996 version of Hamlet, Jack Lemmon filled the role of which character? Polonius, Ghost, Marcellius, or Claudius? Polonius. Uh, really? I don't remember. I actually don't remember Jack Lemmon being in that movie. Uh, so we'll go Polonius. That's a no. Oh, okay. The answer was Marcellus. Oh, how, how well, dare I forget that? I don't remember him being in it. I mean, that was a four-hour film I saw uh, two decades ago. Three decades I, ago, almost yeah. now. So, The worst part about that is I know Kenneth Branagh was in it. He directed it. I know what year it came out, but I didn't remember what fucking role Jack Lemmon played in it. <laughs> yeah, Talk about being miscast. I, mean, I personally, I mean, I like the Mel Gibson one better. Let's do oh. another one. Let me let me let me clear my palette here. I didn't feel very confident about that one. So this is the the characters it says. So Glenn Close. In what film does Close play a character named Iris Gaines? We have the paper, the natural, the big chill, or fatal attraction. Fatal attraction. I know that was be my guess as well. We'll see. No, we're wrong. Well, I'll tell you what. It is B, the natural. I will tell you this. She was also... No, no. I'm going to give you my own trivia here. Fuck this. She was also... Fuck this. Mel Gibson's mother in the 1990 version of Hamlet that you just brought up. This so book, I just tie those this in. This book is hard. I'm not All right, let's do one more. Give me one anyway. more. I, I need to have a victory. We're gonna, we're, yeah, we'll get out of here. Give me a win before the night's over. Uh, I don't know if I can guarantee that, but... Oh, God. Well, Goodwill Hunting centers around an incredibly intelligent young man who... Works as a college custodian. He ultimately befriends a community college psychologist. What is the man's name? The Ron Williams character's name. Sean McGuire, Gerald Lambeau, Brent Bates, Dick Enright. Sean McGuire. It's a nice Boston name. That was the ding of yes. Yeah, okay. So we got one right, so we're done. <laughs> All right, good. 
because hey, I'm leaving that We want to save these questions so we don't we don't do doubles. Even though, I bet you if we had a double, we'd get it wrong as well. So, yeah, that was hard tonight. <laughs> They're so specific. It's like if I haven't seen that movie in a while, I don't fucking know. Well, I remember Sean McGuire. I, I did recall that for some reason. Mm. I don't know yeah, why. I did. Just that. I had that no felt idea. right. I'm curious what Glenn Close's name was in Fatal Attraction. I could have swore it was Iris, um, but Pussy Galore. Alex about Forrest. Alex, that was right. She had a that masculine is right. name in Alex that. Alex Forrest and Alex, in, yep. That's Glenn Close in uh, Fatal Attraction. Uh, it's rough when, when you hear it and you're like, yeah, why didn't I know that? I hate I that did shit. know that. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. you're getting older and there's just too much data on your hard drive. you got to search through, right? Maybe. i got to defrag this thing. Okay, let's move on to talk about tonight's movies. And the first movie on the list is Murder Mystery 2. This is the sequel to the Netflix original that premiered about four years ago with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. This represents Mm -hmm. their third teaming up, and I think that this is an extremely forgettable, rather inept (laughs) comedy with a duo that is not necessarily a comedic, iconic duo, and I don't understand why they keep pairing them up. You know, you look at something like this, and it serves as a travelogue, it serves as a time killer, and it has a couple throwaway lines that proves Sandler still has some comedic timing, but I thought that their chemistry here was extremely absent. I mean, it's virtually non-existent, and I thought that the overall pace of this movie was very, very slow for something to have comedic energy, even at a scant... 80 minutes long, and this movie's barely 90 minutes long, it still felt labored and and really just uninteresting about halfway through. Obviously, I didn't care for this, and just to go to show you here, not to harp on it over and over, but Tickets to Paradise goes to show you what two movie stars with actual chemistry can do in a lighthearted romp, and this movie is is just shadow of that movie. It really is. What did you think? Yeah, put it to shame by bringing up Ticket to Paradise. I mean, I like Just Go With It enjoyed the first murder mystery movie for what it was you know i'm not going to say it's a great movie it was fine this movie i think fails miserably because it expects me to this is like a third in the series or a fourth in the series like what kind of lore does this movie think it already has to just like pop up and be like hey we're these people remember us you fucking love us it's like no i don't I don't really remember you that well from the first movie. And and they just go with it. Like, they're just like, ah, we're big movie stars. It just feels like um, you have to like this because you obviously, you know, everyone liked the first one. And here we are and and doing this shit. And you're like, yeah, where's the, where's the uh, difficulty in this? As you say, like, there's no, there's almost no story to this whatsoever. The, The beginning of it reminded me a little bit of Ghostbusters 2 in that it starts off very downtrodden. They're coming off a high. Now they're, everything's in shambles and we meet them and they're at a low point in their but marriage. What high? They fabricate the high. The high, that That's high true. really didn't come from the first movie, right? There's no reason that they would have built up or been where they are now at this movie from the first movie. There really isn't much of a reason for them to have done this. Uh, I don't understand. Like they're not, they aren't particularly good at solving crimes. It's mediocre at best, and it just goes to sit. You know, once again, it's going to now sit on a shelf of titles of mediocre Netflix Netflix titles. So it's it's made to just here's something to stream. Let's make it. You know, what do you got for us? Well, we got some names here. We got Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Just make something. Doesn't matter. And beautiful locations, and it kind of keeps up with that trope of Sandler going to another continent and showing the cultures over there. He's done it with with Africa. He's done it with the Bahamas. He's done it with you know all over yeah. the world. This is another exotic location. I would have preferred and, to have seen. If you want to use these these two actors, that's fine. But I would have preferred not doing 
a sequel. I think we, I think the most important thing Hollywood can do right now, whatever level of Hollywood you're at, stop doing sequels. Stop it. Not everything's a franchise. Just please, for God, for the love of God, stop it. Yeah, Sandler hasn't done many sequels in his career, and it's odd that he would have chosen to do a sequel to basically a direct-to-DVD movie, which essentially this is back in the day. This is just a really half-assed production all the way around. What this movie could have used to, to kind of spice it up would have been some lively supporting players. As written, none of these people are interesting. As cast, none of these people are funny. So you really have just no. the attention on Sandler and There's Aniston, maybe and it's, it's, it's too much to four, for them. Four moments that I thought were chuckle-worthy. Like I said, Sandler is still good with a throwaway line. Aniston is still a likable presence, but they have no... It's it's so manufactured. Well, right There's the nothing chemistry. winning. There's no chemistry here. But but that again, it, I think I'm maybe I'm just saying the same thing because it feels like the story is manufactured. Like there's no reason for them to be where they are now. This feels like a third movie. Like they're so established in this already. And as you say, this was a kind of an issue with Ghostbusters two, is that Ghostbusters two is really kind of like should be have been like Ghostbusters three, right? Like there's no, like what happens in between this time? Why is it so? Uh, why am I just thrown back into this and suddenly like I just I'm like supposed to know everything like I've just been in this world for my whole yeah, life. Yeah, I get what you're no, saying. You, we're supposed no, to be intimately you know? familiar with these people. This from is the jump, only the sequel not. one. So yeah, so now you now now you're done with the world building. I I know I understand the gimmick here. Now get into the me like like show me something right from the start. Give me something good. Like give them another murder mystery immediately. Throw them back into this. Like force them into it. And then by the end of this movie boom they're in it like and now they're ready now you can go into the third movie where they're now they're downtrodden because they've been doing this for so long right like they feels like they skipped the movie if this was to be made by let's say david spade or schneider or one of the lesser of the trope uh, even kevin james i don't think i would be holding it against it as much <laughs> but when i see sandler on there and i remember the yeah, heights of yeah. the great sandler comedies of the summers of past and then you get something like this it's just such a fucking letdown because even Hubie Halloween, I thought, was more amusing than this, because at least that was an oddball character, whereas this is just your standard, let's just schlub through a movie, and the audience will take it, because it's what we're giving them. Yeah, I mean, the IMDb rating on this right now is 5.7, and I'm blown away that Netflix will spend this amount of money. Uh, Netflix is going to wind up going bankrupt here at some point. What's the budget I on believe, this, you know? And they are I don't, tens of millions of dollars, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to wind up with a slate of fucking shit that's unsellable. Who's going to want this? these movies that they have? Like, they have a couple of really, really excellent stuff. And then they have a slew of complete crap. Out of all the movies that they've ever released on there, there's one that I would buy on DVD, Blu-ray, Spencer. and that's Spencer. Yep, yep. Spencer Confidential, yep. <laughs> I, mean, so, I agree with you. That's that's where I'm at, too. And there's, just, there's a couple of movies that are okay. Like, they're interesting or whatever that they made them. But for the most part, these are just... I, I don't want to revisit any of this Netflix slate. None of it. I've... I've rewatched The Irishman, but once again, that's you know, I didn't one. like that one, but that's a personal preference for me because I'll yeah I'll, I'll say that a lot of people liked it, but that movie's too long. I don't think that has the staying power of a lot of past Scorsese films. It's not this. It doesn't have the same energy as a lot of past Scorsese films yeah. either. So it's an older man's work, but at least it has some rewatchability to me, at least. Okay, let's move on and talk about another film that is on the streamers now. That's Megan with a three Megan. Um, yeah. me, Megan, me, she, me Thregan? The surprise hit of last fall that is now on Peacock streaming. I'm just catching up with this. 
And uh, I, I got to say, talking I was sequels and spinoffs, maybe, maybe like a show and stuff with this. I was uh, <laughs> pleasantly surprised by this one. I was really? not expecting much. And I'll tell you what it put, you know what it shames is that uh-huh. 2019 version of child's play that they came out with that I saw in theaters a couple years back. That piece of shit would be, it was so unimaginative that I thought from the jump on this, okay, they're doing something a little different here. Now, I, what I liked, I liked. I think they're the, doing the same thing, but all right. I, I, I liked the tone of this movie. I liked the playfulness of this hmm. movie, and I liked that this wasn't a straight-up horror film. This is more like The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin in a lot of ways. And really, what she's doing is she's a protector. She's not necessarily this uh, malevolent force. She's almost like a Terminator, where she's protecting this child from these these things because. There's not a whole lot of violence in this film. It's on the back half. I'll say that. This is a slow burn for me as well. Did you feel like this movie took a while to get going? But I, I'll tell you and what. It's not I, a long movie either. So that's it's not, not a, a long thing, movie. But, yeah. but I, was, I, I was fairly blown away at the level of care that was given to the story when I thought this was going to be a throwaway ex- exploitation picture, a la the last Child's Play reboot they did. So I was impressed on what I got from what I was going insane. I know that's not much, but I did like that the aunt character was not particularly likable, that she wasn't this perfect uh, mother who was thrown into the situation. And I thought that it was credible how things were going. And honestly, this this kind of AI shit freaks me out anyway. So I thought this was right, right at home for me. And putting it, setting it now, as opposed to when Chucky came out in the 80s, it was funny and kind of iconic in that, like, we're so far off from that, whereas this mm-hmm. could be next week. It reminded me of the doll from uh, The Sixth Day. Do you remember well, it when has the- to be. They can't do, I mean, it has to be Uncanny Valley uh, stuff here to be scary, right? It can't be perfect. And it is. Um, it really it, is if uncanny. it was perfect, it wouldn't. It's not that scary. We've and, and they've done perfect before. They've done perfect automatons who've turned bad or done whatever and stuff before. And it isn't, it's not as freaky. No, even uh, Ex Machina, you know, was not as as eerie yeah. as some of this is. I mean, that that was a totally different, more intellectual film. But I even felt like they some did, of the vibes they did of that were in undress here. Undress her though to make her more, you know, like the body. Like they took, they made it so that she looked more robotic, and in, 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 as that movie went on, so she got more freakier. But it wasn't in the face. What did you think about Megan? Are you a fan of this? Would you recommend it? I, I do recommend um, it. Yeah, I didn't like it. I think that the, while I also don't like it, it is imperfect, I think that the, the Child's Play remake is a little more interesting than this. Wow, um, really? This is, eh, it's, it had some moments with the Chucky and with, with the kids and stuff that I thought was more interesting than this. This just wasn't that interesting. This played out exactly how I thought. And not only that, I just, I got some real issues with this. Like, why, who makes something like this and then goes, this is a toy? You don't immediately call up the Pentagon? <laughs> you just made a super soldier. The Pentagon doesn't immediately see this and go, uh, no, you're not selling that. We're, we're taking it. I, I don't, you know, just know. I, you know, well, I can't I will, get past that. I will actually, agree with you with on this. this there is a logical loophole no here sense. in that if this is the end all be all toys, why would you ever need to buy a new version of How this can or this another be a toy? toy? Okay. You understand what Tesla's working on a robot right now to work, uh, to build things. This is it. They built, this thing would be worth so much fucking money in any other aspect of other than a toy it makes no fucking sense at all I'll at least gra- the chucky I'll thing was point. like was a fucking chucky thing like it looked like it was fucking incapable in some degree of doing fucking much of anything and i'll admit that even that you know you're pushing it on on this type of stuff doesn't make a lot of sense at the same time do i really want another fucking rogue ai military fucking robot movie probably not but i do wish they had done something to address that at least you know 
I agree with you at some point. I like your analogy of the Terminator stuff. That actually puts us in a better light than than uh, when I had seen it. But overall, I just feel like this is not that interesting. There are more interesting older movies with killer dolls or even robotic killer things than this. Well, I will say this for the original Child's Play, the 1988 version, is that what that movie had going for it that kind of gave it that that horror edge was that mm-hmm. it was the soul of a serial killer transplanted into the doll. It wasn't oh, this artificial great. intelligence. So, like, that's that, not what the first one. That's what the first one lacked. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yes. Yeah, that the original one. You know that that made a because lot of sense un- to me. Yes, of course, right? And it's completely far fetched. That actually makes no sense. That makes less sense than Megan or than the than the remake. But it works better, right? Like yes. it's more logical that that's the, that that's the case because, like I say here, business. This would never. This would just never be in a business. It makes no sense. Did you feel that there were scenes in here that did play effectively? Because this wasn't necessarily played for laughs all the way sure, through. Like but I thought like it was. I say be. the other child's play one. I thought had more a little more interesting things. But I would put this on the same level as that. It's not overall. I, I don't think it's that all that interesting. Like I said, I thought this was written a little bit more intelligently than I was expecting, and it's made fairly well, but this was a little bit more than I was expecting, so I do give it a slight recommendation, but I do I do concede your point into saying that this is the most advanced robotics known to man, and that this should be time traveling and saving mankind yeah. and not uh, playing in a little girl's dressing room. I mean, I don't know. That's just how I feel, and it's not... I'm, I. There have been like Deadly Friend, right? There's lots of old movies with robotics things that, that I guess really you could say the same fucking had the same issues with, but it feels, I don't know, it felt different back then. If everything's going to be so slick and so on it today, then when I watch an, a, a movie from today like this that passes up that kind of obvious stuff, it rubs me completely the wrong way, or at least doesn't even address it, right? It makes no sense. Made a lot of money, though. I'm surprised that this hit as well as it did, so that's why I was curious to see why this uh, PG-13, was PG-13, I think it's an easy watch, or an easy sell, I should say. At least the trailer is pretty decent. Now, let's be honest about that. And it became viral with the TikTok stuff and the, the doll dancing and singing. This movie has an odd yeah. musical element, too. I wanted to bring that up. I don't understand why it's thought for a couple musical interludes. That was very out of left field. Fucking Taylor Swift. I mean, I think it adds to the creepiness to some degree. Because, it did. Um, it did, yeah. I, like, when she kills the guy, when, she, when she's dancing on the hallway and then she grabs the blade, you know, the paper cutter blade, you're like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah, that was one um, of the best scenes so in the movie. So to some degree, and then she was dancing around like TikTok, like stuff in that scene. So yeah, it just kind of adds to that. Like, it's a little creepy. It's a little of the, um, she's doing something opposite of what you would normally think would be cute. You know, as like a cute kid. That's what you were saying with Macaulay Culkin stuff. Yeah, it had a good evil. vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's Especially, evil. There's a shot where she's in the woods and they have the the fog behind her, and it's a low angle shot. I thought this reminds yeah. me exactly of the Good Son. You know, there's a shot almost identical to that. And then make her run like an animal. All right, let's move on and talk about the whale. This was uh, Brendan Fraser's film for his best picture, or I'm sorry, best actor Oscar no- win, not even a nomination, nomination and win. Yeah, well, um, both. Yeah, you raved about this. Go ahead and give your your capsule review here. Look, I just love this movie. I think that uh, when Darren Ar- when Darren Aronofsky makes something um, good, I think he does a really good job of it. And there's a couple movies that I really love of his, and I think that. When he makes something bad, he makes something really bad. And there's a lot of movies that I fucking hate of his. And this is a fantastic movie. I think when I when I watch this movie, there's so much going on. There's so much to think about. Just of human nature and humanity. Everything that everyone says, you know, about that. Every what was it? Everywhere, everything, all at once. Yes. 
about the nihilism and about the uh, oh god what's the opposite what are the other uh, people existentialism Ex- existentialists thank you everything that they say about that movie which i think is is fucking nonsense for that movie like that's all surface level bullshit is super deep in this movie like they like constantly throughout everything every interaction every character there's so many themes like thematically this is just uh an insane movie so for someone like me who loves to just fucking read into everything um and there's lots to read in here i think this is a great movie this is also a movie that i've heard so many people talk about like ah, i'm not gonna watch this movie i don't want to be sad i don't want to be sad this is not a sad movie this is an existential movie it's a good movie. You're going to feel good by the end of it. At least I did anyways. It's hopeful. It's everything that movies nowadays, when they make movies, they're not hopeful. There's nothing but hope in this movie. For all the characters. And yeah. uh, and everything that happens. So, yeah. I think you it's think a great it's movie. The best I think it was the best the movie of, of, of last year. Definitely the best movie I saw. Yeah, I have to agree with you. If this isn't the best picture of the year, it definitely is in the top five, if not the top three for me. I was the same way. I didn't really want to watch this movie. I like Brendan Fraser. I didn't want to see him suffering. He has sad eyes anyways. But my God, this is a revelation. This movie is not only his finest work he's ever done, but it stayed with me. I mean, I still think about the character in the movie. And no pun intended, but this movie has no fat on it. This is a lean, lean no. script. Every line, mm-hmm. every interaction, every scene How good is the production counts. value, too? How good is the cinematography, the staging, That's the what blocking, I'm saying. The, the, yes. the props that Look are at used? That, that fucking apartment is lived in. Like, that's a real apartment. I don't even give a fuck. Like, that has to be real. The couch. Like, when oh he's trying to get off the couch, yes. you feel the weight of that. The, the texture of everything in that fucking apartment. The, the, you know, the handle all the in the shower to keep him oh upright my God. in case he falls. And even of his, of his bedroom that he doesn't use, when he opens that door and you look in there, and everything, it's totally different inside that room. Like, it's... Everything's pristine and it's all beautiful. It's completely different than the rest of the you know, apartment. You know what is, else this I, movie fuck, has? You know, <laughs> is a really interesting, tragic love story. And he's a gay mm-hmm. man, and it, the story is about a gay man, and there's religious overtones too. And that's not promoted at all. It's not worn on its sleeve that it's a woke movie. No, it's, it's just humanity. It's a part of his character. Well, it's not woke. It, it, I, yeah. I don't want to get too too far into it because there are revelations in it, but it's part of a character. Yeah, it's, it makes it. him human. <laughs> he has flaws, but they're not manufactured Hollywood flaws. But all These the, are the kind of have flaws. flaws. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Some of their flaws are like his like he's a fat guy. But why is he fat? Because he hates himself, but he wants people to hate him. But why does he want people to hate him? Because he's fucking this. ugly and did fat. You, did you pick it's up a, it's on a, what happened to his mechanism. lover? Did his lover have an eating disorder or was he, did he was that, did he have AIDS or cancer? Before what had happened to him happened to him. The, the, he had a the mental, caregiver said mental something breakdown. about he wouldn't eat and, yes. for weeks. So he had a mental breakdown, yeah. Is that and why he, he went and, the opposite way? Because he ate himself because the other man wasn't? You know what I mean? It was almost the antithesis of what his lover had done. Possibly. That's fucking fantastic. I didn't even pick up on that, but that's fucking actually really good. Because he he kept saying, I I wasn't always like this. I wasn't always like this. And I was, she sees the picture of him and his lover at one point and they're they're much different. Even the sister, when she deals with him, um, when she says like, you know, I tried to tell, I mean, she just feeds this fucking guy the whole time. And, but, but a lot of that I think has to do with, um, they uh, uh, they want to be loved, right? And so he too, as well, for his boyfriend, like wouldn't um, tell him. Th- well, they were all enablers, right? Because that's how they felt like they would be wanted, 
Right. And so he let his boyfriend die in a sense because he couldn't help him, but he wanted to be with him. So he enabled him because he wanted to be wanted and loved. And that's in the movie uh, throughout all all the characters are like that. Actually, they all have this facade that they put up this fish, which I've read some reviews. If you read some of the reviews on this movie, um, uh, there's some really dumb fucking people out there. who just don't understand like, Oh my God. Like I've read some stuff where it's just like, Oh, everyone's so, so one dimensional on this and they're off fake. And they say this and that. It's like, no, that's part of the character. That's the defense mechanism. You didn't dig any deeper. You didn't pay attention to, to the breakthroughs that the characters had and to how it tore uh, down those walls that they were putting up. You Do know? you know what and I like about kind of this the whole too? Fucking point. This is not a soft edge film. This is they no. when he puts when this he finally turns deep. on that camera <laughs> and his class can see him. It's not right. like it would be in the movies twenty years ago where everyone's nice to him. Oh, it's they're horrible. smirking. They're talking to each other. Texting some each other. Some of them they're, are. Yeah. They're in. They're in disgust. Some of them. But it, the but whole point even... is he's bearing himself to them at that moment. You know what I mean? It's but nobody I, and nobody cares. What's the what's the ultimate meaning of that? He throws the computer and breaks out of that, and it has no fucking va- real actual yeah. value even to him at that point that's so fucking real like when you if you were to do that in real life and to and to, to bear your, yourself and, and and as you like you explained it, it's like uh it should be like miraculous right if it yeah. was like a hollywood movie and as you say like it's not like everyone's snickering and talking about it and some people aren't some people relate or like wow or whatever but they don't give him a standing ovation like they would have in the 90s no, you know what i mean like a slow clap it doesn't type fucking scene. matter either like when he th- it doesn't really matter like what happens which is not something you find in a movie like that would be some sort of like triumphant like part of the film and it's not I want to talk briefly here with you about the lady who plays his the nurse. And I don't want to talk too much about her character because there are some secrets that are divulged. And I think it's mm-hmm. beautifully handled. Hong she gives Chow, the best supporting performance of the year. I don't... The, uh, she gives yes. the best. Thank she was you. nominated. She should have won. She's Thank just you. as strong as him. It can't it's just a two be me, hander. Right? No, it's a two hander. I actually in this really situation. liked all of the. Uh, I think every actor in this really gave it their all and was really fantastic. But she stood out to me. Um, and you're right. Of him she was really good. Yeah. She has the emotional anger that he won't allow himself to have a lot of the time. She is the one that is is mad. I mean, when she has to save him from choking, that's like an action scene to me. I mean that came out of you know, like that came out of no I was mm-hmm. I just the, the whole thing blew me away I was not willing to watch this I did not want to watch this it's a one act oh, when she movie. lays her head on his fat fucking arm yeah and there's that moment and you're like oh my god and he's so nasty anyways like how the fuck it's like oh my god well, why would you want to be near him, near him she just wants to well but and you learn why later on because there's a closest because of her brother was her boyfriend and all that so there's that closeness that she wants to keep with her brother through him and there's still a, a need for want from her. But then just that moment where they play off each other so well where he's like, please, please, you know, like fucking enable me. Give me my fucking fried chicken, bitch. You mm-hmm. know, like I need my food. And, she, and she's like, oh, no, she's like, oh, fine, you know, when, and does it like even those moments are just like, oh, my God. There's yes. a mo- the, in the very beginning, the movie starts and he's. It's sure. masturbating. And <laughs> yeah. there's a sequence where you're like, oh my God, he looks like Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. Is this going to be, <laughs> yeah. gonna be hard to, to, to get into? But yeah. the second that Frazier starts talking, his eyes are so oh. expressive in this movie. He seems trapped in this. Everything. He's yes. so gentle and yet knows exactly what he wants out of this last week that he has in the the movie not to give away yeah. I don't want to spoil the ending but the last shot 
it is handled so beautifully how this is done that when the credit came up, I was in a, my, I don't want to say my jaw was open because that's a, you know, a cliche, but I was in kind of a quiet disbelief and it, oh, I watched the were, credits for a my while. My eyes were watering. Let's just put it to that kinda, way. And they don't, I don't, I didn't cry during this movie and I, I rarely do I even tear up and stuff. But yeah, at the end of this movie, I was like, wow. I immediately wanted to rewatch it, not not right, well, not right away, but I wanted the it's need make, to this revisit. This conversation is making me want to watch it. Right yeah, now, no, I know. It's, you know? it's there's so much in this movie. It's unbelievable for just how everything plays out. Yeah, really, truly incredible, and it makes me kind of sad that I didn't get to see this play because this would have been. I feel like a really great play. The stage play you're talking about, it's based on. Yes. yes. Yeah, and I did some research about the author that wrote this and wrote the play, and apparently. He was an English professor. He was prone to binge eating and, and kind of wrote this from a, a place of knowledge. So maybe that's why there's so much truth in it. And it's it, once again, it's an extremely literate screenplay. There are a lot of literature references in here. So there are yeah. even, I, I feel like, you know, like you were saying, there's there's treasures hidden in this movie still for me to find. And I think I'm going to yes, keep revisiting it every couple years or every year or so and see what else I can dig out of this. Because these are see, the kind of movies that I treasure. I, I told you there is like there's like you didn't believe me that there is a good Aronofsky fucking movie. It's man. hard to believe. I, I mean, I, I find his work very off-putting. I have to be honest with you. I agree with you too. There's only a couple movies that I really think are are all that interesting of his, but this movie is just mind blowing in a way that you would never expect. Like a movie like The Whale for this content to be rewatchable, right? Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be this. I didn't think it was going to be this material, and I didn't think it was going to be handled this way. I thought this was going to be a pity party type situation for this obese man. And honestly, I didn't want to watch. it. Kind it. of is, but it's not. It's really you feel really good like after this. And this is not. Uh, I should stress it's not a happy movie, but it's a hopeful movie, and you feel really good at the end of this movie. Happy? I, mean, I did, anyways. I felt everything. Yeah, you feel like like uh, uh, very. It's very existential. The nihilism definitely gets gets wiped away by the end of this movie. Yeah, I, I agree with the last shot, especially in in when yes. he looks when he looks up and the whole thing. Like I I loved how that was handled in the um, the energy the of that and sequences. With yeah. all that stuff. Oh, yeah. when the pizza boy, all that stuff. I loved that interaction mm-hmm. when he finally saw him. I mean, there's just little moments in this, and there's also moments that I thought initially like that doesn't add up, and then as I played them out in my head, you know, the daughter's treatment of the the boy and and things like it that. It does because it's not real. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the characters act like I say they have this defense mechanism. They say these things. They do these things. But that's not that's not necessarily who they are. That's what they want you to think of them. Oh, this movie's full of you subtext. Know, and all the characters do that. Yes, all full the characters subtext. do that. So it's so this is a movie that you have to read into. Like you're In a forced lot of movies, to. I don't even know how you would watch it and not. Like I said, I've read the reviews where people clearly didn't fucking pay attention. It's like, oh, like you didn't fucking get it at all, or you didn't want to do the work. And I understand a lot of people don't want you just want to yeah. put something on like yeah. murder mystery and, and yeah. let it play in front of you. But if you feel like watching something that is going to be worth your time, it's not. I think it's like an hour and forty minutes long. It's not two and a half hours. And uh, it's, it's two hours. Is it two hours? Okay, what's well, it flew by to yeah, me? Just to be about, honest with I mean, you. with the probably ten minutes of credits, so an hour fifty, maybe an hour. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I don't know how long credits are. Flew it's by. like a two-hour movie. Flew by and uh, well-deserved, well-deserved like you Oscar say, there's no Frasier. fat on it. No. There really is no fat on this movie. It, it keeps moving and moving. Every every single piece of it is interesting, even if the guy's you know, dropping a key and can't fucking pick it up because he's so fat. That's, that, it's fucking shot and filmed interestingly. Like you, you're, you're never bored in this movie. The key thing. And you should be. 
that sequence, it, talk about shot and film suspensefully. That is the rope being pulled and pulled and pulled before it snaps and back when he couldn't get that. I mean, my claustrophobia was up through the roof watching this movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, they shot too. that hallway pretty well, too. They and, shot and they it in 4-3 standard. chair, and he's got to try to go through. Oh, let's, oh, talk, yeah, about let's talk about They don't shoot the film all, in widescreen to give it more of a claustrophobic feeling. I've seen feeling. several, a couple movies shot in 4 by 3 and I fucking love this. I would, if I ever made a movie and would come up with some some way that it would be working four by three i would shoot in that this is a beautiful framing especially for this movie it's as you say it's claustrophobic but it's not only is it claustrophobic but it's intimate Mm -hmm. it's just straight up intimate yeah i I thought as beautiful artistic choice by the director to shoot this with the sides cropped off and you feel as boxed in as he does and is confined in the space as he does and i just thought like this is a beautiful visual way to to kind of tell you Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways what he's feeling and it works because you see the ceilings in the bathrooms and i don't know the whole thing this the hallway looks longer to me it just looks like it's more laborious to get down things and just i don't know I, i really really enjoyed this movie definitely one of the best pictures of the year i can't believe this wasn't nominated for best picture i really have a take issue with that yeah that's insane i think i I think it's insane that everyone bought into the everything everywhere all at once and no one bought into the whale it feels like that's just to me is like and i've heard so many people say ah the only reason i like the whale is for brendan fraser it's like, uh, what is, have we? Are we watching the same movies here? Yeah, I, I, am I missing? Is there a different cut of everything everywhere all at once that I didn't see? Because that movie is pretentious as fuck. And I would have thought the Aronofsky film, The Whale, would have been the pretentious one. Yeah, because they have been. In the past. Yeah, they really have. <laughs> okay, let's move on and talk about Clerks Three, the final installment in Kevin Smith's long-running Clerks franchise. I guess it's a franchise. Started back in 1994 with his inaugural film under Miramax and is now concluding with this in uh, 2022. I caught up with this recently. You had seen it before me. Let me get your capsule review before I jump in because I know you're a bigger Smith fan or you have been historically Uh, more forgiving to his films than I have been. So I'm curious what you think before I jump in. Well, I'll preface this by saying I Clerks and Clerks 2... I consider one movie. I watch them all at once. I don't watch one or the other. I watch both because they're fucking fantastic. And they are definitely in my top 10 movies of all time. Clerks 3 is fucking horrible. I hate this movie. It's not a bad movie on its own, but it's a bad Clerks movie. Number one, because it's an ending. This was not the movie I was promised, you know, before the heart attack, of course. Now I get this Kevin Smith after the heart attack. And I don't like Kevin Smith after the heart attack. I remember a time when Kevin Smith would talk about Hollywood, right? And he made those documentaries, not documentaries, they were like stand-up. Yeah, the Right, and the, and the first with. one, an evening with, you're right, exactly. And the first one, he talked about Michael Moore. Right. And how Canadian Bacon failed, but Michael Moore found his audience when he started making documentaries, and he found like those groupies, basically. Like he found like his, his, his place. And that's where I think Kevin Smith wound up. Because he's making these movies now just to, to four-wall them, to tour them around fucking town and play them to people who will, you know, will just uh, lick his nuts, you know, for whatever, because he's fucking Kevin Smith. And I don't like this kind of fandom. I've never been a fan of this for the Star Wars stuff. I've been a fan of it for the Star Trek stuff. Like, if something's shit, it's shit, okay? I don't care if it's part of, like, you, you don't need to be a part of something that bad that you just love everything of it. But that's who Kevin Smith plays to now. He does whatever he, do, whatever he does. And he does terrible shit, really, to be honest with you. I haven't seen good Kevin Smith since fucking Zack and Miri. 
You know, it's been over 10 years. So this movie was a huge letdown for me. Really? I just can't believe that they ended it. Like, I was sold as clerks as every decade Kevin Smith would get to say, get to put in his his say of like how things are going for him and we could revisit these characters. And when they first, uh, when he was first talking about clerks three about the unproduced one, I'm guessing, you know, the script that apparently Jeff Anderson didn't want to make. And, and I really only think Jeff Anderson wanted to make this one. Cause it was going to be the last one. Jeff Anderson's character, Randall there was going to get a, uh, a fucking girlfriend, which makes a lot of sense that time. Because again, clerks, clerks is all about hope. Right? It's all about, hey, we're not fucking doing so well, but in the future, we're going to be doing well. And Clerks 3 is all about, it's over. <laughs> and it never happened, on top of it. I, I, I don't even get it. Well, first of all, the, the, first ha- the first act of this movie is all Kevin Smith's fucking heart attack. And I don't care about it. Stop talking about it. I'm, I'm serious. I don't, I don't give a shit that you're a vegetarian. I don't care that you've now stopped smoking pot. Or I don't care that you were a pothead before. I don't care about any of this shit. I don't care about it. I wish he would stop. I don't know who he is anymore. He's fucking nuts. But I don't care about the heart. I don't care about the doctor that was so amazing. All the doctors are amazing. You know, you, sh- you go to the hospital. They fucking help you. Of course, they're amazing. I-, I don't care about it. You don't need to put it in a fucking movie and make that a big part of the fucking movie. It's uninteresting. Honestly, it's not, a, it's not, it's not just a part of Clerks. It's just not Clerks. This movie is not clerks. I don't know how else to put it other than that. And they did the, he did this better with Zach and Mary. It felt way more meaningful in Zach and Mary. And this movie, when they make the movie in this just feels like, eh, whatever, you know, kind of shooting something. I didn't really fucking, it's supposed to be clerks, but I didn't even fucking really feel it. I like I mean, what you I'm said wrong. about... I, maybe you have a different thing of this, but I, I don't know. Well, I, I hated I this. I did like your idea that they should drop in here every decade or so, and he could use it as his 40... His I loved seven that. up series, in a sense, you know, where <clears throat> yes, every couple of years... You. Yeah, I, I could see I him do that. I was going to fucking say that, because I had thought of that, too. Like, that would be... Thank you, thank you for the seven up fucking reference, too, because that was literally in my brain when I was thinking about that 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 type of... We're uh, talking about thing. Michael seven up series, the, right, the so documentary up, series. And there's what is like 14, 14 and it goes every like, 21, whatever. 28, and goes so on and so forth. I think it's up to like 49. Uh, I think it's up to 49 now. Yeah, because Apta died. Yeah, I think you're at 49. Uh, up yeah, something crazy stopped. like that. But but again, just... Well, or I, I guess, what was that boyhood movie thing or something? What's that Ethan Hawke thing where they did... Um, yeah, that was uh, seven years. I think or, they filmed uh, it or 10 mm, years they filmed it. Boyhood. Was that like that? Yeah, because that was actually um, yeah, filmed but, over time. There's so something interesting like that where you could see like the evolution of Kevin Smith doing things. And this was, you know, this was all fat Kevin Smith. This was all real Kevin Smith. I don't know that if Kevin Smith died and they replaced him with the fucking AI or something. I don't know what happened post heart attack or whatever, but it's just he's not. He's I mean, he was he he was already separating from his <laughs> original self before with a couple of movies that weren't that great and weren't even that very Kevin Smith. They, they still had his style to them. Now he's just plat- putting out shit. You know, like Jay and Silent Bob movie is complete shit. And I feel like Clerks 3 is a lot of the member berries. Like, remember this? Remember Clerks? Don't you like Clerks? Ooh, I'm Kevin Smith. Here's Jason Mewes, you know? It's like, yeah. 
I remember, but well, I didn't care. I mean, I did, I liked it a little bit more than you, I guess. Than, than that, I, but then again, let me preface up by saying I have never seen mm. Clerks two. So I, I honestly, I can't believe I have never seen Clerks two. But fuck I, you, do yourself a I goddamn know. favor and watch Clerks two. It is fucking fantastic. It is hilarious. Absolutely, it will, it will I will. Puts Clerks three to shame. Actually, puts uh, Clerks the first one to shame too. It is fucking great. Well, the first Clerks is one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, that was such a big movie rental for Clerks us. Clerks three. What line of dialogue do you repeat from this? Nothing. Nothing. But you I, know I what I did Clerks, Clerks like about was amazing. This movie, Clerks though, too, uh, I ahead, just yeah. liked seeing these guys again. That's what I really liked, and I liked. Thank you. Being back in but, their world, but you know what I didn't like is that they got you straddled. You never see them again. With the, you know, they got first of all, it's it set up so after that first act, when Why you know, the just... nurse says something to the other guy about oh. your diet. If you don't watch this, you're gonna end up like this. And the next thing you know, yeah. you just see this coming. And then I thought, no, they're not gonna do that. And sure as shit, I mean, talk about a kid killing his. You they know, already had the Rosera Dawson character killed, who I can only imagine died from doing ass to mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is uh, that's, Part of the that's Clerks too. You yeah. should see Clerks too. I, know, I have seen that clip. Uh, I mean, I've seen that. Yeah. but over um, the years. But at the, at the but same there's time, there's no ass to mouth moment in this fucking movie. By the way, like, there's none of that shit. Like, this is not a fucking. I, I don't think it's very funny. Well, not, not only is it not funny, the acting, the actors are not strong enough to be to, to be asked to do what they're asked to do here, including that graveyard scene at you know where he's forced to go to Rosario Dawson's grave and right? have this Mia Culpa. Yeah, Brian He could not get that. Be Fair. Look, I like these guys. I like Brian Hall. I like Jeff Anderson. I like them a lot, especially in these roles. They're not good actors. I mean, you're right. They're not. Well, they're not strong actors. Fine. We'll just say that. But don't make them do especially that. Especially Brian Hall. I know. I agree with you. I'm. I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. I mean, but I still like them in the role. Like, I would. I would have enjoyed it if this was more of a continuation of what Clerks was, which was a hopeful future. We're fuck ups, but yeah. Like we'll get we'll get this eventually. Like we're still working on ourselves. We'll get this eventually. Well, you Instead of like we're fuck ups, but I've lost my entire fucking life. Like my girlfriend's fucking dead. <clears throat> my friend is like had a heart attack and is now like doing whatever. Like he wants to shoot a fucking movie. I'm gonna support him. But then in the end, I'm just gonna fucking die and like leave him and go fucking off with my girlfriend. What it's like? What is this? The movie is a weird it, fucking movie. You said it's got a case of the remembers back to the other clerks, but honestly, it's got mm. a case of the remembers back to Zach and Mary, which covered oh, this thank you. ground. Yeah, it has member berries for a view of skew universe. It, it, That's Zach all and Mary right covered yes. this ground way more effectively. 15 years ago with Thank the auditioning you. and like the let's make a movie together Super spirit fantastic. and all that yeah that movie's great as far as like particularly compared to this looking one. into like making a movie oh yeah it's, it's funny it's um it's thoughtful it's it's um I don't want to say this movie's not emotional because this movie is emotional I suppose it is thoughtful but it's just not it's not Clerks. It's just not. It's a disappointment, but I will say for me, it was a step up over Jay and Silent Bob reboot that came out a few years back, oh, which was shit. about as audience yeah. pandering as it comes and was basically hard to watch. It was hard to get through for me, whereas this wasn't hard to get through. I just was watching it stupefied that they're not really going to kill off these characters, are they? And sure as shit, they fucking, for some reason, felt like he needed to destroy all the toys in his room. That's what yeah, he's like a that kid was, playing in a sandbox I saying, I can do what I want. Right? It's my sandbox. You're like, well, I guess you can, but we're here along for the ride. I've invested now a couple decades into his work. And for me, the last time Kevin Smith made a really entertaining movie was Cop Out, a movie that he blatantly hates. 
So I don't know really what to do. I've always liked the guy to an extent. I think as a human being, I, I, I like the guy. But then again, I hear some of the shit he says. I think and, he's fake. Um, I think he's a fake person really at this point. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what his artistic you, statement seen, is. We went through the He-Man stuff. Look at the movies he's made just based off his podcast stuff. And look at his podcast. I mean, talk about a guy who, as I say, like talk down almost about the Michael Moore stuff. Like how like... How that dude couldn't make a fucking movie to save his life that anyone liked, and so found instead found like a niche, a, a close following, yeah, of like people who would just worship him. Shit, how is that different than than what Kevin uh, Smith, Smith is? Kevin that Smith took the long road to that. that. Who basically, yeah, Zach and Mary basically ruined him because it didn't do Judd Apatow fucking numbers. And so he decided, well, I'll just do whatever I want, you know. Well, in some of those experiments were know. clever. Red State Ugh. was okay. Tusk was okay in terms of like off. Look, they're clever. all written well, but they aren't very good movies. I will say that this is uh, at least more watchable than something like Yoga Hosers, which was the bottom of the barrel for yes. me. Yes. Let's move on and talk about some trailers. We've got three trailers we want to talk about tonight. And the first I want to start off with is About My Father, the Sebastian Maniscalco comedy co-starring Robert De Niro. It's going to be released on Memorial Day weekend. Interestingly enough, they're going to release it. Are you it. A, a fan? I'm a huge fan of Maniscalco. But yeah, me too. I like him as a character. I like him as a character. I like him as a comedian. They're releasing this opposite of Burt yeah. Kreischer's The Machine movie, which is kind of interesting. Those are both going to come out on the same weekends, which I think might cannibalize each other a little bit in terms of uh, grossing. Yeah, it'd be pretty bad, actually. Uh, I think that they should yeah, not separate those a little bit. But this trailer is interesting for to me for a couple of reasons. One mm-hmm. is he's playing himself quite literally. I mean, his name's Maniscalco in this. Sure. De Niro's playing his father, who's a big part of his bit. We've seen a lot of comedians play themselves in movies recently. Joe Coy did it to not very good effect mm. in Easter Sunday. It happens a lot for comedians, yeah. This trailer, while not a great trailer looks endearing to me. I want to see this movie for some reason. I don't know if it's the chemistry between the two. or There's nothing really funny about this mm. trailer, but this looks like the kind of comedy yeah. I, I used to watch, and so I kind of want to see it. I'm sure it's going to be terrible or forgettable, but I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, I watched this on streaming. I think this looks pretty basic. This is like a like a like almost like a Fockers movie. Everybody <clears> loves <throat> Raymond uh, type thing, right? Almost. Everybody loves love Raymond. Yeah, it doesn't look wildly original. On any level whatsoever, it doesn't look very very funny either because of that. The jokes are very like, I know I've seen this uh, a million times, which is unfortunate. I think that happens with comedians in in these comedies sometimes. It's really unfortunate um, that they wind up just making a movie that's like just generic. Like a homogenized version of their stand-up. Yeah, and we've seen things like, I want to say, you know, parental guidance, you know, um... Yeah. Uh, uh, there was a slew of these. Well, there was one that came out around parental guidance as well with Seth Rogen and what's oh, the face, guilt you know? trip. Thank you. Guilt trip. Yeah. Yep. And so there's a bunch of these. And like I said, Robert De Niro obviously brings back the meet the Fockers vibes or, or meet the parents Big or time. meet the Fockers. I guess that was one too. So, um, so yeah, it just seems like this is a movie that I've just seen before. And that's unfortunate for some, for a comedian to do that. Like you don't want, like, I think the machine's going to fucking crush this because so the too. machine is, looks new. It's like a movie. Um, and well, as new as it is, yeah, it looks like a movie. I mean, it, I think it has, I, th- I think they chose the wrong way to tell that story, but that's fine. That's what they chose. But it is at least is a story that is unique, right? To some degree. Yeah, this looks very cut and dry and like everything you else see. But I do like the performers. I do wonder, though, why De Niro constantly gets cast in comedies. When when did he ever have a comedic pedigree? He's not particularly funny. He's never I been know. funny. Not once. He plays a very straight... Well, he always plays a straight character in all of them. Yeah, and he's not uh, funny, though. Which I don't know if that's telling or not. 
I like him in the Meet the Parents movie. In that trilogy, I think he works in those. But again, he's playing a CIA agent. He's playing um, a straight character. It relies more on the writing than at that point. And I, the writing for this movie is not here. I don't. Th- I don't see it. I think. Um, uh, you know, Sebastian Maniscal. Ma- Maniscal. What is his name? Mascalco. Uh, is a super likable guy. And even when you watch this trailer, he's like uh, very likable. Yeah, and that comes off the screen immediately. You know what I think he would be good? Yeah. I mean, this is going to be his first foray into films, and hopefully they'll give him a couple shots. He had a small bit part in The Irishman. But do you know what I think he would be really good as? And I, I this I, I know it's probably in the wrong decade for this type of movie, but as a fucking comedic sidekick in a cop action film. Like the second guy, not the he guy, but he's like the partner, you know, who's cracking wise. You know, and I'll throw this out there. Chips too. Okay. And he's the third, he's the okay. third CHP guy. <laughs> okay, I'll take would that. Would that not work actually? I'll take that. I was thinking more of like a. I think that would fucking work. I was thinking more of like a Joe Pesci and Lethal Weapon type character. You know what I mean? Kind of the skittish type That's fine type too, of, but, I, I, but I I'm, just, I'm just saying, I think if, if you were to put something together right now, I think that would work. I think about my father has more potential at the box office than chips too. But yes, I, I think that you might be right on that. That's terrible. Don't say that. I love chips. <laughs> so do I. I think chips is not underrated. The show, not the show, the movie. The movie's underrated. It really it's is. Part, it's the best Dax Shepard directed film ever. It, I'll tell you that much. It's the best thing he's ever been in. Let's including his own podcast. That's for sure too. Yeah. He did a great job on that. I'm surprised. I, I feel really bad that that movie did so poorly and people don't like it because I love it. All right, let's talk right. about um, Nicolas Cage's new film, Reinfeld. This is a Warner Brothers, or not Warner Brothers, Universal release, where he plays Dracula, and Nicholas Holt plays his uh, underling, and it's in modern times now, and the guy wants to... Aquafina's in it. Uh, you know, I just don't care for that actress, <laughs> and she's not too much in the trailer, but I did see that she was in there, but I do she's like... in the trailer a lot. I like this trailer. I think this is actually a pretty entertaining little trailer, and I got high hopes for this movie. I don't have high hopes for it, but I do think the trailer looks pretty good, and it's interesting. I feel, again, this feels like an emulation, again, of like past movies that have been like this and really Simon Pegg kind of I feel like set the the mold for these and we got some pretty good ones throughout the time of the past couple decades but this feels like it's trying to be that you know at this point like I I don't know all these movies feel like they're trying to be something rather than just be what they are they're trying to be like they're trying to fill a niche they're trying to to find an audience they're trying to to be something and this movie feels like that although it's got fucking Nicolas Cage going ape shit I love it you can't fucking hate that. Um, so it's got a lot going for it, but I do feel like it's going to be over the top. It's going to try to push some emotional stuff. It's trying to be a little weird and, and um, off kilter, even though it's not because it's emulating stuff that was before, but now we've had plenty of movies that do this. It's no longer weird. The release date's a little odd to me. This should have been released closer to Halloween to pick it's up probably with not that. that great of a movie, man. I'm just telling you right now. We have something new that was created, and now at this point we have Hollywood knowing, well, this is now a genre. Write something just like this, and then they create something like that. They do this all the time with everything. And by the time you get to something like this, it's just worn out. It's just not very good anymore. There's no spirit in it, you know? Well, I think if anything... Cage is going to liven up the proceedings because even in the trailer here, yes, that's worth it. Alone. He looks like I think he's he was, killing he's, it in that. He's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I <laughs> he's loving it being just. He's like, ah, yeah, he's you know? going full bore here. So yeah, and anytime that alone would be worth fuck it. A anytime he goes full cage, I want to see it uh, always. Mm-hmm. I want to be there. So yeah, this one is. I'm, I got this yeah. one on my calendar. I'll agree with you on that one. 
All right, the last one we're going to talk about on tonight's show is Asteroid City. This is the latest from Wes Anderson. Looks like it continues his very esoteric tastes. This is not my cup of tea. Yes, thank you. Wes Anderson and his ironic, detached. It's Wes Anderson aping Wes Anderson. Again, this feels. Why do these these trailers tonight? And maybe I'm wrong, but these trailers feel like. They're fake trailers for fake movies. Yeah, they, they would all show up Am in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Don't they? Yes, they all do. Like, this feels like, this is so Wes Anderson. This feels like every single other Wes Anderson movie. Like, Wes Anderson can only make Wes Anderson movies at this point, And they all feel the same. And this looks like absolutely nothing. It's very pretentious. All the actors are like, ooh, I get to be in the Wes Anderson movie. It feels like that. It just feels like... What's the fucking story? Wait, did, there is no story in this me, trailer. Didn't it seem to you that Tom Hanks is only in this because Bill Murray is now canceled and he couldn't be in it? I mean, I thought yes. like, wow, why is Tom Hanks in this? That's a Bill Murray role mm-hmm. right there. Um, and then that detached, ironic uh, speech tone. There's one joke at the end where Jason Schwartz's character and says- Everyone does it. Everyone acts the same. Everyone's in the same mode of energy. It's not clever yes. anymore. This, was not, this, got, this wasn't clever after Rushmore. I know. So I don't understand how we've gotten away with making the same Thank fucking- you. Movie Some of for his 25 stuff has years. been interesting. The Grand Budapest Hotel been, was interesting. Thank you. Has been pretty good, you know, for some of it. But those are neither here nor there, Far really. At this, point. this is the trailer that you're going to show me for the new Wes Anderson movie. I, is he even trying anymore? I feel like uh, he could direct from the fucking toilet at this point. And it would be the same fucking movie. Like, I, like, where's. What are you doing that's new? What are you doing that's different? You got anything, something new to say? Not only that. Anything? How do people get off their asses to go to the theater to see this shit? I can't get any people to go see anything anymore, and yet people still go see these fucking movies. If there's ever a movie to be made to watch at home. How well do these do? Uh, they all do okay, fairly this well. can't do that well. I mean, this probably does $15, 20000000 million, which is fucking huge be, for a Wes uh, Anderson you know movie. I can't deny. Well, I know. I've seen what... what I you know I just watched the Academy Awards. You're probably right. But this costs nothing. I mean, this. <laughs> what do I know? This costs nothing to do. It's the same. Oh no, people players he uses over and um, over. It's not clever yeah, anymore. I mean, a Coppola helped write it. So Great. Let's tell you something. But um, I know that's why it's. <laughs> that's well, what makes to it be even fair, better, Jason right? Schwartzman's but a Coppola right. as well. But the actors will. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I know. It says. You know, Dracula there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Nicholas Cage's <laughs> as well. Yeah, there's a lot of Coppola's running around in Hollywood. Point, point being, the actors in this, I guaranteed, will take a cut to be in this movie, and they won't even be in it that long because he has. I mean, um, Schwartzman will be like in it for fucking forever because he's cheap as Jeffrey fuck. Jeffrey Wright's gonna be, gonna right be in it point. barely. You know, Hanks has probably got a. But very you support. saw the list, the laundry fucking list of people who are in this, like huge names and stuff. Like, big, what? Who? The biggest paid actor ever. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. So, you know, she's only in it for a little oh, bit. He's, he's the Woody uh, Allen of our generation <laughs> in that everybody lines up to be in these movies. Everybody wants to act like, yes. oh, they're, they're. That's true. You know, that they're, it's. These are the only movies Edward Norton will come out and do anymore. It's strange that he, this, these scripts atta- attract this level of talent because on the page, this shit has to read oh very, very, very dry. Very dry on all these because scripts. Because it looks dry. I don't. What's the what is the plot of this movie? I still don't know. Who gives a shit? It's all about the I detached <laughs> irony. That's what the movie's about. Clearly, it's what all of his movies are is about. Is it? I don't even understand. I don't even understand. No, like Royal Tenenbaums. The, the, his other movies have a fucking plot. Rushmore. They have a plot. This movie, 
it d- has no plot. I don't understand the plot. What's the what? What's happening in the movie? Uh, I mean, I, I don't get I it. I lost the plot with his films back at Life Aquatic, and I never <laughs> picked it up again. Yeah, that one as well has, I think, has a, a hard time with the plot. But this one seems worse. This seems like the worst one. And just looking at the fake sets in that artifi- the artificial kind of fabricated 1940s Hollywood look that he seems to covet mm-hmm. and then also make fun of at the same time and ultra intelligent people that are uh, not interesting. <laughs> yeah. Pretentious. Yeah, at, in the least. And just say it, tongue-in-cheek pretentiousness. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, it's cutesy. It's too cute for your own fucking good. This is an acquired taste okay, some of them that I've never acquired. I, I like Royal Tannenbaums a lot. Bottle Rocket I like. Okay, Bottle um, Rocket. You got me there. Get me wrong, Bottle Rocket. Yeah, but these, these are all older ones, by the way. Yeah, that, that movie, that's his first movie, I believe. So, <laughs> no. yeah, and Rushmore yeah, was the second. So, so, and, um, and I liked Rushmore. But th- but again, though, they had more to them, uh, not only in plot-wise, but they were new, right? Like, But he, I, I, I guess maybe Brian De Palma had the same problem. Maybe everyone has the same problem. Kevin Smith seems to be going the opposite direction. But there are some filmmakers who just don't evolve as filmmakers. You know what I mean? Like, they come out hot of the game. M. Night Shyamalan, there you go. They come out hot out the gate, make a couple of movies, similar tone that, that, that kind of work, that prop them up a bit. And then after that, they just make the same shit over and over again. And it's not great. And no one really goes for it. Some uh, directors do this too, uh, consciously and eat shit for it their whole career, like Michael Bay. And he gets stigmatized for that. And then you have darlings like this, Wes Anderson, and, and his contemporaries. You know, Me. David O. Russell seems to do the same movie quite often uh, over and over with thematically. I mean, and, that's true. But he, but he eats shit, too, over that. I mean, he actually, uh, well, he's fallen from grace at this point for, for a bunch of reasons. But to the Michael Bay point, Michael Bay's making popcorn movies. I mean, I feel like that's a little bit different than... People trying to make artistic movies. They're making the same artistic movie over and over Michael again. Michael Bay also doesn't write his own stuff, films. Wes Anderson continues to write the same that's stories. That's true. And I don't. I never think of, uh, even though there's, uh, there's always artistic to everything that everyone creates and stuff. But I don't really think artistic when I think of Michael Bay. Like, I don't necessarily want... Uh, when I when you get a good shootout scene, like I want a Michael Bay shootout scene, right? Like I don't want some artistic one all the time. Like that stuff makes sense to me for as a popcorn level to sell, but for an artistic thing, I, I don't know the same thing over and over again. Isn't that it's it, it gets too dry? It's just no. I, I need, you need something different. Now you want to push the limits when it comes to art. Uh, it's strange to me that Anderson can find the funding continually to make these kind of movies, and there is not a whole lot of diversity in these casts at all, and that doesn't ever get mentioned in his films. Well, he has the cast, so maybe that's all it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like I said, Woody Allen of his era. If you era. Can get that cast, you could probably get the distribution. Right? Yeah, because you got Scarlett Johansson yeah, and Woody Hanks, Allen, and yeah. once again, those names will sell in territories. It's a huge cast. Um, it's enormous. I mean, we just mentioned those two, but it's Jason Schwartzman, it's Brian Cranston, it's Tilda Swanton, Edward. Yeah, there's uh, Norton, 25 Adrian names Brody, on the trailer. I mean, it's, um, it's, uh, oh yeah, Steve Carell is in this. Hong Chow, so the girl. Do that, you know what that uh, means? You like so much from there. Margaret Robbie's yeah, in this. Every William fucking Defoe. role will have um, a famous face. Jeff Goldblum. That just doesn't. That just Matt Dillon. makes it more distracting. That's, that's all that yeah, does. That just makes it more distracting. That's what I'm saying. They're all in it for about two seconds. Yeah, I mean, but there was a lot of people um, in the Cannonball Run yeah. too. That movie sucked. It is what it is. <laughs> so you're comparing him now to Roger Corman. Well, I just compared Wes Anderson to Michael Bay, so I think I've already pissed everybody else off. So. <laughs> I think we've already lost our audience on that. So it is what it is. 
Oh, yeah, but I think it's safe to say that uh, I'm not looking forward to this one. Are you marking your calendar for Asteroid City? I think this looks terrible, and I probably will not. Uh, I'll probably never see this. Well, I want to recap tonight's show. We talked about Murder Mystery 2, which Trevor and I both said do not see that on Megan. Uh, we had a split. I recommended it. Trevor did not recommend it, but just kind of borderline. I think you're on the fence with that, right? You kind of Watch it if you want. Yeah, he said, yeah borderline. Borderline on that. On The Whale, you say it's uh, the best picture of the year. I'm not far behind you. I do think it's an exceptional, exceptional movie that should be seen by all. It is one of the best pictures of last year. And on Clerks 3, you were highly let down after having seen the first two, which rank among your favorite movies of all time. And I was just as let down, even though I'm not as big of a fan, but I did think that this was a pretty downbeat ending to a filmmaker's career. Not a lot of fun either. Yeah, not at all. So Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Definitely don't recommend Clerks 3 on that. So we want to thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the Movie Mavericks podcast. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! <laughs>